Eagles Entertainment. Yeah! Back in this thing, baby. All we gotta do is believe, you know what I'm saying? Guys, there was no quit in us the whole day. Defense, unbelievable job. Unbelievable job. Guys, that is what a team does. That's what a team does. When one unit's down, the other ones pick them up. Man, if you're not emotional, this is what it's all about, guys. We put too much into this not to freaking love this right here. Unbelievable team win. Unfreaking believable. Now, we got a short week. We got a short week. We got four days. We got to get our bodies right in four days. We got to be here mentally. All right, you're ready to go out there and build on this. Now turn that music up. Let's go. Welcome, Eagles everywhere, to the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. I'm Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro here at the NovaCare Complex. We've got a short week, a quick turnaround. You heard their post-game in Carolina. And as I record this, that was just 46 hours ago that Nick Sirianni was celebrating in that locker room after a really good win for the Philadelphia Eagles over the Carolina Panthers, one that brings the Eagles to two and three. Now, in the NFL, nobody ever really celebrates long, but this week, less time to celebrate. That's because Thursday Night Football beckons, and the Eagles will be in prime time against the defending Super Bowl champions, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who bring with them a quarterback by the name of Tom Brady, who we know a little bit about. It's also a special night at Lincoln Financial Field on Thursday as Trey Thomas and John Runyon are inducted into the Philadelphia Eagles Hall of Fame. We'll hear from both of them in just a bit. I had a chance to interview them recently. They go in as the bookend tackles that they were throughout the 2000s when the Eagles went to five NFC Championship games and Super Bowl 39. Really entertaining stuff in that interview from Trey and from John. We're also going to meet in this Eagles Insider podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Defensive back Andre Sachere, who the Eagles acquired off of waivers from the Indianapolis Colts. And while he hasn't made an impact in the secondary, you may have noticed number 21 covering those Aaron Sipos punts to perfection. Sachere also has a pretty remarkable story. He's been in the league only a couple of years, and the transaction list it's remarkable. You wonder why guys chase the dream? Well, stick around for the interview with Andre Sachere. We're going to begin, though, our Eagles Insider podcast here with a visit from Rodney McLeod. He's very familiar with Tom Brady, obviously. McLeod, part of that 2017 Super Bowl winning team, Super Bowl 52 winning team. And he knows how to come back on a short week. It's been quite a journey for McLeod, who... Boy, oh boy, injured again last December, sidelined, uh, and now back on the field. We all wish him the very best of luck. One of the class acts in his 10th year at the University of Virginia, Rodney McLeod, kicks us off here on our Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. The defense coming off a strong game against Carolina. Next up, the potent 
Buccaneers, Tom Brady coming off his well, amazing game against Miami, 411 yards passing, five touchdowns. Let's get right into it with Eagles safety, Rodney McLeod. Eagles safety Rodney McLeod joins the Eagles Insider podcast. Rodney, it's been a long time since we've spoken. A welcome back to the football field. Let's start there. How, how joyous do you feel being back on the field? It feels real good, man, to be back out there and, and, and competing with, with my guys. Uh, it's been a long nine months, um, a, lot of, a lot of stress, a lot of, a lot of dark times. Uh, but, you know, everything is, is a lot better now. Uh, the fact that I'm able to get out there and, and run around, practice, uh, and just compete back at a high level. So uh, just blessed, man, honestly. Um, you know, God is good. He, he's amazing and allowed me to be back, um, you know, at this, at this point in time now. What has gotten you through some of those dark times? Uh, I think family. Uh, my wife, most importantly, uh, she's been by my side since uh, the injury first took place. You know, that was one of the uh, – she was the first person I called when I got back into the locker room and I just broke down in tears. I think just because, uh, you know, now I'm kind of reliving uh, that situation that happened two years ago where I am in my career and everything. But I really uh, leaned on my family uh, through it all. Uh, they were right there by my side. Uh, and so, man, I, you know, I just made up in my mind, you know, I had to get back out on that field for them. Um, and, you know, it kind of explains, you know, who I am, my character and everything. So uh, I owe them a lot. And so, man, I, I'm just proud to be able to uh, represent my family uh, to now get back out there and, and, and win some more games. <laughs> I remember you also had a community event right around the time of the injury that you were preparing for. How much did that kind of help you? Put things in perspective. No, it, it, it helped a lot. Uh, I think, you know, we get caught up in, and obviously what we do uh, here, and sometimes we're removed from, you know, the real world. I, I guess you would say, and and it's just a reminder, man, that you know, even though uh, I wasn't able to finish the year and I have this injury, there's a a, a lot more uh, people who are dealing with a lot worse, and so uh, that was very eye-opening for me, and and it was very fulfilling to be a part of of uh, the initiative that we did uh, we went to the shop right locally and and helped out a lot of families uh during the uh, the holiday season and made a big difference for a lot of people in need Rodney, let's talk a little bit about the football how how has it been getting back on the field knocking off the rust getting into the flow of things yeah this has probably been one of my most challenging years i think to date the fact that i didn't have training camp uh to get the reps i'm in a new scheme uh before when i was injured you know i was with jim and uh, i was very comfortable in that in that uh, scheme and uh, a lot of uh familiarity there uh now you know with uh jg coming in it was a lot different i had to kind of switch my mindset so i had to get a lot of mental reps um and 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 I, that started from OTAs, the training camp, um, and even through the first few few weeks of the season. So uh, for me, it was, you know, literally no days off. Um, and so I'd always envision myself being in those positions. And then, you know, in a game four, now I'm back out there in live reps and practice, but uh, feeling good, you know, uh, at this point in time. And I'm only going to continue to get better and more comfortability with more reps. All right, let's talk about it. We are talking on a Tuesday. It hasn't even been 48 hours since the win over the Carolina Panthers. Uh, explain to us, how does the body feel at this point with a game that's two days away? 
Yeah, it, I mean, it's hard. <laughs> to, you know, we just played a, a, a intense game versus per, uh, Carolina on the road. Uh, you know, that, that took a lot. But uh, I think, you know, for, for us, we understand what's at state. We understand who's coming in, uh, especially defensively. They have a, a high-powered offense led by Tom Brady. Um, and it's at home, man. And, and honestly, we want to we wanna get this win. So, uh, you know, I would say my body's numb right now. <laughs> in a sense, like, I don't really feel anything. I'm, I'm really just uh, looking forward to getting out there on Thursday night, uh, putting it all on the line and getting this win. How do you get the body going from numb to electric <laughs> by, by kickoff on Thursday night? What, what's the key? Uh, it's prime time. Right. That's right. it. Exactly. That's exactly That's right. That's it, man. You find it. It, it, it. It's something about it. You just find it uh, within you. Uh, even though I think if we went to a, through a normal week, it's like you get to, get on a Thursday, you're like, oh, man, hour 40 minutes. But um, it's game time, man. And, um, you know, we uh, we know what's, what's at stake. We know what we need to do. And that's going to be enough to get us going. You know, I got to say, and tell me if you agree with this, I like the fact that it's a veteran defensive group because I wonder – if young players are getting ready to see Tom Brady for the first time, they might be like kind of in awe of Tom or not really understand how quickly the ball comes out and how quickly the ball gets to receivers. Make sense to you? Yeah, a lot of sense, man. Tom's uh, very experienced. He's, uh, you know, he, he understands where he wants to go with the ball. Uh, and so we have to be very detailed in our uh, initial alignments, our disguises, uh, just to create, uh, you know, point two, uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, of a difference for him, man. But uh, he's very talented, very skilled, one of the best to play this game. So it's going to be a great challenge for us. But uh, like you said, we've all played him before, and, and we know what we have to do to get the win. So what exactly is that? What do you have to do to get the win against a guy who is not going to be fooled by what he sees? I mean, you've tried everybody. For however many years, 20 years, teams have tried everything against him, and uh, I don't think a whole lot's worked. Yeah, I think it's just competing, man, and a relentless pursuit, uh, understanding he's going to make some plays, but we just have to keep pushing, um, keep fighting, uh, stay together throughout the course of the game, man, um, and don't give him anything easy. You got to make everything hard, make him earn everything, and I think if we do that more consistent, uh, we'll be the better team. Rodney, how do you like the progress made by this defense? We're five games in here. There have been some really good moments. There have been some moments that have been tough as well. And then on Sunday, it kind of all came together for 60 minutes. Really good performance against an outstanding pass attack from the Carolina Panthers. What do you think? Yeah, honestly, we want to just build off of last week. Uh, you know, understanding we had some highs and lows uh, in the course of this uh, this season thus far. Uh, I think we're we're finding our ourselves, finding our identity, uh, who we can be, uh, and so uh, I think if we just build off a of last game. Uh, that'll put us in a real good uh, place. You know, we have another uh, great challenge ahead, and this is how you measure your success as a defense. You want to go against the best, and so now uh, we have that opportunity this upcoming Thursday to uh, put ourselves to the test one time again and see, you know, uh, whether we're real or fake. Yeah, I felt like going into Carolina these five days would really help define this football team. The win in Carolina was huge, and now you're right. You have a chance to really take that next step against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
Yeah, uh, very excited, man. And honestly, our mentality as a team was uh, by any means necessary last week. Uh, we needed to win. Um, and and that's, the, that's the beauty of this game, man. It takes all three phases. And uh, you show that, you know, offense is down a little bit. Defense, man, we just kept pushing, kept us in the game, uh, made, made timely plays. And then special teams capitalized on a big one. And then offense closed the game out. So uh, every game is not going to be perfect. But at the end of the day, if we just stick together – um, and, and, and understand uh, who we are as a team, uh, we'll be fine. And, hey, by the way, it was easy on February 4th, 2018, to beat Tom Brady, so <laughs> why, why not do it again? That was prime time. This is prime time. I really don't see much of a difference here. Nah, not at <laughs> all, man. Uh, I think last time they were here, uh, we fell short. Uh, a little bit. I, I think I, I dropped the Tom Brady interception, so I'm looking forward to to getting back out there, man, catching this one uh, Thursday night, and uh, hopefully, you know what I'm saying, it's, it's, it's one that uh, determines the outcome of the game. I would like that to happen <laughs> very much. Rodney McLeod, thank you so much for joining me. Good luck on Thursday night. Beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and uh, keep this thing going. Appreciate it, man. Great talking to you, Dave. Thanks, Rodney. All right, stay in the defensive secondary here. Andre Sachere, well, he's got a dream. And his dream is to find footing in the NFL with some team. Hopefully it's the Eagles at this point. He's pretty psyched. Eagles picked him up off of waivers from Indianapolis. And Sachere has played so very well for the Eagles in a very particular category, special teams category. He's done a great job. And it's just a remarkable story. Young guy coming out of San Jose State, kind of figured that, you know, he was going to have a chance to make it in the NFL for a long time. Well, he's been around a couple of years. You know, it's only been, well, gosh, for Sachere, he initially was an uh, uh, undrafted free agent signed in 2018 by the Houston Texans. Um, since then, uh, man, oh, man. Signed by Houston, waived by Houston, signed by Houston to the practice squad, released from the practice squad, signed to Detroit's practice squad, signed to Detroit's active roster, waived by Detroit, signed by Arizona to the practice squad, released by Arizona's practice squad, signed to Carolina to the practice squad, signed by Arizona from Carolina's practice squad, waived by Arizona, signed by the Indianapolis Colts, and then signed to the practice squad. Waived by Indianapolis, signed by the Colts. Finally, on September 2nd, claimed off waivers by the Eagles, and Sachere has been a staple in five games here on special teams. He has been just terrific. No tackles, none of that stuff, right? Not, nothing on the defense. But on special teams, he has been dynamic. Let's visit Eagles defensive back Andre Sachere. Andre, I mean, welcome to Philadelphia. You've, you've hardly had a chance to breathe. Um, you haven't had a cheesesteak, I'm sure. And, <laughs> and I'm not sure fans really know who you are, yet every time there's a, a kick, you're smothering the football or making a play, and you're, you're, it looks like you're having a ton of fun out there. How's it going for you? Oh, man, it's, it's going great. I mean, I feel like the team really opened me or, you know, welcomed me with open arms and everything. Um, you know, first days of practice, they kind of seen what I can do, and they, you know, they trust me to do my job out there. And every time I go out there, you know, I, I leave it all out on the field for my guys, and you know, for for the fan base here. And um, you know, I'm just trying to make a play every time, or every uh, time an opportunity presents itself. It's a pretty wild ride you've been on since 2018. I look at the transactions, and I'm like, 
I need two, two or three hands. Actually, I need three hands, <laughs> four hands to count them all. Uh, you've been on the move. 18 different transactions since 2018. What in the heck has that been like for you? Uh, it's, it's definitely uh, been a, a wild roller coaster there. Um, I mean, this is my, like, I don't even know, fifth or 16 in four years, something like that. Uh, it, it's definitely been a crazy, crazy journey. Um, I mean, and I, I'm, dude, I'm happy I'm here in Philly. You know, I'm, I'm sticking somewhere and I'm, I'm getting to show what I can do. And, you know, hopefully I can stick around for a while. What, what, before we get into Philly and why it's working here, because I think it's a really great story. How, how do you kind of like handle the ups and downs of, you know, getting signed and then being released and then being signed to the practice squad and then getting up to the active roster? And mm-hmm. like, how do you handle all that? Um, I, I definitely think for me personally is, is my support system. I have a, a wonderful wife who she's been there for every time I've been let go or every time something's happened, she's always the one that would happen to pack up the wherever we were staying and get us going to the next spot. So I, I definitely think if it wasn't for her, I, this might not, I might not be here right now in Philly, but uh, I mean, it, it's definitely been crazy. Um, and you know, my, my drive just to want to play football and, you know, this is what I've wanted to do since I was seven years old. I think that definitely keeps me going as well. So literally when you go to all these different teams, do you pack up and move with her or do you just kind of take a suitcase or two and, and see how it works out? My first two years uh, in the league, uh, we had apartments everywhere I was. So that was definitely tough. We, she would pack up the whole apartment and bring it to the new place and then, you know, maybe I'm there for two or three months. Next thing I know, we're packing up and going somewhere else. And then last year, I kind of just, I stuck in one place and, and we had a home back in California. So they stayed there and uh, she she and my uh, two kids stayed there. And, um, you know, I kind of lived away from them while I was in uh, Indianapolis last year. And that, I feel like that was definitely tough. But yeah, that, that's kind of how we uh, how we do things. For those out there who kind of say, um, boy, I, I don't know how long I could handle that. Like, is the message from you always, once you have a dream, don't let it go. Chase the dream until you, until you catch it. Exactly. That, I mean, that's, you hit it right on the spot. I mean, this is, like I said, this is something I've, I dreamt of since I was, you know, since I could remember and, you know, how close I've gotten, you know, practice squad and being active for a game or whatever it was here and there. Uh, these past four years, it's always I was always so close to touching the field, and you know, knowing my dream was was you know one play away has always kept me going. And then you know, getting here and that first game finally running down on kickoff or you know punt return punt whatever it was, it, it definitely made it feel like these last three and a half years were definitely worth it. Andre, what separates um, you know a player who's on an active roster who has some stability? from one who hasn't quite found that stability yet? Do you think it's just a matter of opportunity? Do you think it's something more than that? Um, I definitely think it's it's uh, an opportunity thing. I feel like the other places I've been, um, you know, we always had really great special teams guys or great, um, you know, role players. And, you know, my opportunity never arrived. And um, I feel like coming here, um, you know, I they've seen what I can do from the preseason and they felt like, what I could do fit in with their scheme and everything. And, um, you know, that's why I feel like I'm able to do what I do out here. Yeah. I mean, thank goodness for preseason this year. I mean, for, for players who are trying to make it last year, must've really been awful 
not having a preseason, not having a chance to show 32 teams what you can do. Yeah, that that was for sure tough because I know my, my first two years, you know, I was lucky enough to play in preseason games. I feel like that was something that definitely kept me in the league for those first two years after going undrafted. And last year, I know that was that was really tough talking to some of the undrafted guys that I knew last year that ended up making the practice squad. They were telling me how lucky they felt without any preseason games to still be sticking around. So I know that's definitely tough for those guys. Did you build a relationship with Jonathan Gannon in Indianapolis? Uh, yeah, I feel like we, we got really close there. Um, me being on the practice squad last year with him, um, I, I know maybe once or twice a week I would meet with him uh, early in the morning and just go over game plan stuff, even though I wasn't playing. And I feel like that showed him how bought into everything he was teaching. And I feel like once he's seen that I had got let go, that uh, I was somebody that he could trust. What do you think about him and his ability to communicate to everybody on the roster? I, I, I mean, I, I love JG. Um, I feel like he does a great job. Uh, he's, he's really funny as well. And I feel like that helps with how he's able to communicate with everybody. But um, I mean, as far as his knowledge of, of football, I mean, I, I saw it last year. I see it now, and he's able to, you know, dissect what we're doing and tell and be able to break down everybody's assignment. And I feel like he does a great job at that. All right, so let, let's talk about the the Eagles bring you here, and all of a sudden you have to learn a the special teams, b get integrated into the defense. And then all of a sudden you're active for game one. Like how crazy, how fun, how what a, a, a series of emotions you must have had. Please take me through that that period of time. Yeah, it, it was definitely crazy getting let go in Indianapolis, and then you know next day I'm on a flight to Philly, and I get here and they're like, hey, make sure you learn this stuff because you're you're going to be playing uh, week one. So it, it was definitely those first couple of days was a lot of late nights staying up learning, you know, the special teams playbook and and our defensive playbook. But I definitely feel like um, Coach Clay and, and JG and uh, uh, DK and uh, Denard Wilson, our, our, our coaches, or, or my specific coaches, did a wonderful job of, you know, breaking everything down to me, simplifying it for me, and, you know, let me know what my role was and what I need to, you know, look at specifically. And um, I, I definitely feel like if, you know, they weren't so open with me, then it, it would have been more of a struggle. But I feel like they – they did a great job, um, you know, breaking everything down for me and what I really need to focus on. Andre, it's been beautiful to watch the way that Aaron has dropped his punts inside the 10, inside the five at times, and the way that you've been able to get down the field. Is there a, a – it's not a chemistry between the two of you. I don't know. How does – is there is there a chemistry between a gun oh, yeah, and a we, we We work on that stuff um, at least two or three times a week where, you know, he's just punting, uh, punting and trying to down it inside the 10-yard line, and I'm running down there. Me and Zach are running down there. Um, this is after practice. Sometimes we'll do it during practice, but definitely after practice we'll get this extra work with Aaron. And, I mean, he does a great job. I mean, half the things that uh, myself and Zach are able to do is just because how easy Aaron makes our job. So, you know, big, big shout-out to him for that. So what are the keys to being a great gunner? Um, I definitely think it's his speed and, and, you know, having uh, some savvy to you and just kind of having a plan before you even get out there. I feel like sometimes if, if you're kind of just thinking way too much, then uh, that, that gunner rip will definitely be a, a tough one and a long down for you. But if you kind of go out there, 
stick to the plan that you got and then you just go off reaction and <laughs> run fast, you could uh, be pretty successful there. Yeah, but you also have to be a pinball, don't you? I mean, you get beat up at the line of scrimmage. They're trying to, they're trying to ride you into the bench. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> you'll definitely be able to win some. Sometimes, you know, you'll get two people on you. Uh, those ones are, are usually a little tougher. But, you know, with the rest of the other 10 guys on the field, um, you know, Sometimes when you lose a rep like that, you know, your your buddies are out there able to cover for you. So, you know, it's definitely a, a team thing right there. Um, but, you know, when you're singled up out there, those are definitely the, the reps that you have to win. And then, Andre, do you feel like because you've had success that you're going to be a little bit of a marked man now? Do you think teams are going to, or maybe they already have, started to really pay attention to you and try to take you out of the, out of the play? Um, I mean, we'll we'll see this week. You know, I feel like uh, me and Zach, we both have bet, played really well these last couple weeks um, uh, as far as gunner play. And, you know, if they decide to double one of us or, you know, however it goes, um, whoever's singled up definitely has to get down there and make the play. And if they decide to double the both of us, then, you know, the interior guys will definitely be, be down there making the play as well. So I feel like me and Zach have played um, really well uh, to where, you know, they can, you know, decide to double either one of us. And then finally, Andre, just tell me, how's it going with you learning the defense? And, you know, it, you're only one play away, right? So how ready are you? Uh, I mean, I'm ready. You know, the coaches, they do a great job of letting uh, the players know what positions we're playing and, and breaking down, you know, what what we need to focus on for this week and, and everything like that. So, I mean, I feel like I'm definitely ready if, you know, anything were to happen. And uh, just like the other guys in the DB room, we're all we're all ready to go. Now, do you feel, is your wife here? Like, do you guys have, are are you living out of a suitcase? I mean, what what's your living situation? Do you feel do you <laughs> feel like you've got some? <laughs> yeah, finally buckled down, got an apartment out here, and uh, my family they actually get here tomorrow night. Um, you know, my wife and, and two kids will be here tomorrow night, and they'll they'll be with me throughout the season. So I'm uh, definitely excited to to get my family back out here with me. That's awesome. You know, like they say it's it's one thing to make the NFL, and it's an entirely different thing to stick in the NFL. So yeah, keep sticking around, man. Keep making plays. Yeah, no, definitely appreciate it. Andre, thanks so much. Thank you. If you're old enough to remember the Eagles' offensive line prior to the Andy Reid era, well, you know that it was kind of always piecemeal at best, a disaster at worst. And then in 1998, the Eagles used the 11th pick in that draft to select out of Florida State, Trey Thomas. And then Andy Reid came along and really prioritized the O-line. In 2000, Eagles signed John Runyon to an unrestricted free agent contract that made him the highest paid offensive lineman in the NFL. And the Eagles were on their way with their bookend tackles. On their way to five NFC Championship games, one Super Bowl appearance, and just the longest tenure of success in the history of the Philadelphia Eagles. Well, on Thursday night, both Thomas and Runyon will be inducted into the Philadelphia Eagles Hall of Fame, appropriately together. And here they are visiting with the Eagles Insider Podcast together, Trey Thomas and John Runyon. Trey and John. Welcome back to Philadelphia. Welcome back to Lincoln Financial Field, our locker room. Congratulations to both of you, class of 2021 Philadelphia Eagles Hall of Fame. Let's start there. The feeling that you have being in the Hall of Fame, what it means to you. 
Man, it's uh, you know what? It's just a lot of excitement. You know, um, I really am happy about getting acknowledged. You know, uh, for the body of work that we put in here. I mean, and it's something you never really think about when you're playing. You know, it's one of those things when you're you're an old man. You're talking to your kids about it. You know, someday you'll be talking to your grandkids about all this kind of stuff. But even in real time, you know, it's a it's a it's a great honor. But also the, the friends, family, fans, and all that kind of stuff on social media that I'm sure you got it too, Trey, just reaching yeah. out saying congratulations, well deserved. It mm-hmm. you know puts that little that little tingle up the back of your neck and your you know in your scalp and makes you feel good that you're you know you're still respected for what you did on the field out there. Take me back to the day that you found out that you would be heading to the hall. You know, it was one of those ones, you know, it was, it was, Jeff, Jeffrey's, Jeffrey Lurie's assistant calls and says he wants to set up a call. And I'm like, it's probably what's going to happen. So, you know, it was a week out. It was, all, it was a great conversation with uh, Jeffrey and, you know, just congratulating me and, you know, saying well-deserved and all that. And, you know, and, you know, I thanked him for the opportunity to come here because you don't get it all the time. And it was, you know, Trey and I, you know, being out of the all out of all those different you know offensive line lineups we had we were the two that were the consistent ones there so yeah. it was it was awesome to be a part of and it's awesome to go in with them how about for you oh man you know like like Ronnie was just saying like you know you get the call to say hey man Mr. Lurie wants to set up an appointment with you to to you know catch up and I'm like catch up what are we gonna do? I mean, we, we talking about the weather? Like, what, what's going on? Is it, so I didn't want to. I didn't want to just assume that this was. That's what it was about. But I did race home, and I'm like, babe, I want you to be on this call with me on speaker, just so you can experience this as well. So that's what I did, man. I raced home, got on the phone with him, and uh, once we had that conversation, it was just, uh, you know, just really excited. Yeah, really it's certainly excited. well deserved. I mean, yeah. look, the, the Eagles' offensive line was a mess before you started here in 1998. Mm-hmm. Left tackle. Right tackle 2000. We're back here at Lincoln Financial Field in the locker room, guys. Um, you walk in here. Do you, do you feel something when you walk in? Oh, yeah. Well, this is the house we helped build, man. I mean, you know, I started out in the vet. And then to be here, I know they had just started breaking ground for you here. So, I mean, you know, this is the house that we helped build. And it's just awesome to just walk back in this locker room and, and see that everything is still kind of the same. You see a couple of different things on the walls and stuff like that. But it's still the same same building. How about where, where were you located, John? We were in the far corner over by the training room. Okay. So kind of, yeah. Very appropriate for you. S- stick the offensive line in the corner and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hope everybody ignores us, basically. <laughs> yeah. so it, it was a good, good thing, you know. Close to the bathrooms, close to the shower, and close to the exit. So we're, we're all right. Yeah, <laughs> it was perfect. Uh, and the hot tub and the cold tub are right around the corner, too. So you don't you have to walk anywhere. And for both of you, though, I mean, you were both great on the field. But part of being great on the field is being on the field. So mm-hmm. um, what was the key to your durability and, and taking advantage of that training room after games? Man, it was always treatment, 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 treatment. But, um, you know, I think a lot of it, man, we just pushed through. You know, you just grinded it out. You know, you're going to have your nicks and bumps all throughout the season, and that's going to happen, but we just pushed through it. You know, I know I was a big guy. I was big on wearing knee braces all throughout my career. I think that helped me a lot throughout my career. Um, But, you know, it was just having the mindset of, like, look, you know what, it's game day. I'm going to get out there and perform. That's really what it is, and, you know, I've talked about it before. You you can be banged up and hurt and all that, but, you know, the, the second that ball snap to the, you know, that four seconds or so of that play, if you're if you're if you're locked in, 
you don't feel all those sprained ankles, those knee ligaments. Yeah, as soon as that plays over and you're walking back to the huddle, then it hurts. But it's, it's you know, that mental approach you take to say, I can turn this off and get this done and help this team win games. Guys, long before you came to the Eagles, the days of Buddy Ryan and bringing in Ron Soltz and using all the draft picks on Antone Davis and Bernard Williams and Lester Holmes and the list goes on and on, the offensive line never really came together. It started with you, Trey, 1998 draft, first round. Were you aware of the history of left tackle in Philadelphia? No, I was not. You know, um, just growing up, I never was like a big NFL fan. I didn't watch a lot of it on TV. It was just something that I really got good at long throughout my career, and uh, I did not know any, anything about the history of, of, the, of the left tackles here. So you came here and you just focused on you being you? Just getting better, uh, learning as much as what Juan could give me, you know. Um, just from the first time that I took my first trip here, uh, when you go on the little draft process and you fly around to the different teams, and I remember coming here uh, right after Washington, and I, it was coming here, and it was late at night, it was dark, you know, and. Juan took me out on the vet turf at night, and there was no lights on, and we're out there doing vertical sets on the turf in vet on the vet. And I just put my suitcase down, and I'm in street clothes, and we're out there doing vertical sets. And I'm like, man, this is the coach that I need to play for. And um, I canceled my trips after that, and I, I, it's so I'm very happy that that worked out because you know once you cancel those trips, it's kind of like telling telling those teams like, yeah, now nah, I don't want you to draft me, you know, and it's. I'm really happy that it worked out for me to come to this team. Why did you feel Juan was the right guy? I, I mean, you're 21 years old or whatever. I wonder if your work doing sets, vertical sets at the vet, you're going to go, this coach has a little crazy. Yeah, no, I wanted that. I wanted someone that was going to push me, someone that was going to make sure that he taught me the right thing. I wanted someone that was going to, uh, you know, have to invest that energy in me. You know, um, I wanted the coaching, and that's that's what I got from Juan. Hmm. John, your arrival was different via the early days of NFL free agency. I mean, you were the highest paid offensive lineman in the history of the NFL for a minute, anyway. A month. <laughs> <laughs> uh, why Philadelphia? You know, it was just one of those things where the stars aligned. Uh, aligned. You know, it was opportunity obviously you know Andy had gotten here the year before obviously 1999 wasn't a great season so you kind of you, you kind of saw the change you know a new Trey was here you know he had drafted Donovan the year before you know I'd seen Deuce Staley play a little bit so it's like you knew you had some components around but at the end of the day what you know and I said that in my in my welcoming press conference and blew people's minds like why'd you come here I goes for the money I goes, yeah, but it has to be a good fit, you know, even even to Trey's point, like, you know, sometimes Juan can be a little nutty, a, aggressive, abrasive, yeah. and all that. Yeah. And like, I go back to my college days, I, Les Miles was my offensive line coach at Michigan, so, like, I went to that extreme, and then I had Mike Munchak, who's a, you know, pro football Hall of Famer guard from the Oilers, so mm -hmm. it was in two totally different personalities, and Juan was kind of there in the middle, so it was something I was... I was okay with because that's you know between you know the O-line coach and your your O-line buddies that you're spending 90% of your time with those guys so you got to be able to fit in and, and have fun and uh, you know Trey was one of those ones that always kept that room light and laughing and all that kind of stuff. Take us behind the scenes. You visit Philly. You hadn't signed yet. Um, why? What happened? How did Andy convince you? I mean, you know, how did it happen? Well, I, I always say this though too. I goes when. When there's a contract offer out there that you don't have to think about, the decision is made for you. And it was that. Like I had, you know, coming out of coming out of Tennessee, you know, we had just lost the Super Bowl that year. 
and coming out of it and kind of knew who had cap space and who had needs at offensive line. And the numbers were very small. You're talking two, maybe three people. And it, it was just a fit. And I came here, didn't have a contract offer post the Super Bowl, you know, from the Titans before I came over here. I'm sitting in Andy's Andy Reid's office and, you know, Carol Wilson, the coach's assistant, comes down and tells Andy that Jeff Fisher is on the phone. And it, and Andy gets up, turns the phone on, hands it to me and walks out the walks out of the office and closes the door. He goes, he's basically said, You're not going anywhere. He goes, but please talk to Coach Fisher. And, you know, Coach Fisher was like, What are you doing? What are you doing? It's like I'm going to become the highest paid offensive lineman in the history of the NFL. Like, that's what I'm doing. Because I knew the what offers were on the table previous to the 1999 season before we went on the Super Bowl run. And then you look at the cap space, it wasn't there. So it didn't make a lot of sense to stick around. And this was an opportunity, you know. And it's one of those things like, hey, it all worked out at the end of the day. Sure. Did, did you feel, guys, that when you got on the field in two, 2000, that something special was building. You had the quarterback, Donovan. You had the young head coach. The offensive line was coming together. Could you feel that this was going to be something special? You know what, man? We just, when you, when you're in it, you just go. You know, like for me, I was just going. Like, I, I didn't really think about the whole chemistry thing of it. I was just out there just grinding, man. I was focused on whoever the defensive end that's over in front of me week to week. But I felt like we did have a good energy about us, just around the team in general. But for me, I was more focused on who I got to deal with week to week, man. Huh. Uh, you, you didn't look around and say, hey, we, we're pretty good on defense. Uh, at, at Hugh Douglas is bringing it. And, yeah. and that defensive line is bringing it. Trot's pretty good, that, that young linebacker. I, I, I saw the game differently. You know, like I was always, you know, who do I have to deal with this week? And that's more, that, that was always my main focus every game, every week, week in, week out, every game. You know, and I knew around us how good guys were just because I'm practicing against Hugh every week, you know, every day, uh, going out there with Trot during training camp, and he's out there taking everybody's heads off in training camp. I knew what kind of guys we were battling with day in, day out. But, man, I was just so focused on week in, week out, who I had to deal with. You had just come off a Super Bowl run. Did you feel the chemistry was there, that there was something brewing in Philadelphia? Well, I think the biggest thing is the approach that Andy took to the whole process. You know, you know how he is. It's, you know, discipline mm -hmm. and working your tail off. And that, you know, for the younger guys, it puts a little fear in them sometimes. It's like, man, this guy's like grinding us. Like, actually, th there are a lot of coaches that are a lot worse. Like, enjoy this and just go out and do it. Because if you don't do it right, he's going to make you do it again. And that, and that was the whole kind of environment that he was creating. And, you know, and Jim Johnson was doing the same thing on the other side of the ball. Yeah. It's like... If you're technically sound and disciplined in your assignments, I don't care what your talent level is, you're going to have a competitive football team. John, you mentioned the offensive line room and Juan Castillo. Um, give, me, give me a little bit about Juan. What, what kind of coach was he? What kind of guy was he to deal with on a day-to-day -day basis? He's a workaholic, first of all. I mean, I don't, you know, he was, he'd always want to be, Andy into the office and leave after Andy left. I mean, and I know there was three or four days a week where he didn't go home, and we would always we would always get on him like Juan, like you're you're trying to coach us and you're you're contradicting yourself in the same sentence. Like sleep is part of this process. Like you're not going to be able to communicate and coach unless you're rested. It's <laughs> kind of like cramming for an exam. If you stay up all night, you know science tells you 
get a good night's rest, you'll probably do better on the exam. <laughs> and then we we used to kill him all that all that time. But Juan's all about business, and he's all about grinding. He's not gonna. He's not, you know, he's a fun guy, but he's not going to sit there and bust jokes. But that was Trey's job in the, in the room to keep it light. Well, then share, share some of this. I want to hear some Juan Castillo impressions. Oh, why? Yeah, so the man took a John Deere flush to the knee and still came out to practice. You know what I'm saying? Broke his leg, right? Broke his kneecap, crushed his kneecap, and still came out there to practice. I remember one time he was having one of his kids. And he was like, hey, man, you know what? Yeah, she's going to have a C-section. The C-section is at 3 o'clock. Let's finish this film. You know, and I mean, you know, he was all about getting work in, man. That's, that's I think we actually went up to Andy and told Andy, and I was, Juan's not going to see the birth of his child. Like, yeah, you need to come down here and tell him to leave. Yeah, <laughs> like, he's like, oh yeah, that's how he was. Three o'clock. Don't worry about it. I got, I have time. Don't <laughs> Did worry he? About he eventually left, yeah, but he yeah, got yeah, the film he, in. Yeah, he took it to the last <laughs> second day. I think he got there right before the baby came out. I mean, you know, that's how Juan was, man. Well, he certainly cared about you guys, and he appreciated you guys. And John, I want to show you something. Um, your, your reputation was what? Some people call it dirty. I think everybody calls it. <laughs> Some people call it dirty. Yeah, it's in the gray. But you got to walk the you walk the line. But really, it's it was getting chippy with people, getting physical with people to get in their head. That was well, that was kind of my advantage. Like I'm not as good an athlete as he was. My thing was I'm gonna go and I'm gonna give you a forearm in the back, kind of push you over the pile a little bit, let you know I'm around, and at some point you're going to try to fight me. And when you're trying to fight me, now I have the advantage because you're not trying to beat me in this game. You're trying to physically assault me. I'm just messing with your head the whole time. I love it. Well, here's something that Juan said about you. Take a look. John, Tell me what you think. You know, if you want to say that's dirty, well, you can say what you want. John Ryan played with heart. John Runyon finished. When you finish plays, you become a physical player. He went until the whistle blew, you know, and, and, and that's that's easier said than done. You know, offensive linemen are bigger. They're probably, you know, people talk about they're not as athletic as the defensive guys, but what John was, John was in great shape. You know, John could run all day, and, and that's what helped him finish plays and keep after guys. And, and I think to, more than anything, you can say that, you know what, John finished plays, and he played until the whistle blew. You know, you, you want to say that's dirty, you can say whatever you want. Most people, that's what you want. Your reaction? I mean, that's how I was wired. That's how I was taught. You know, I'm, I didn't play this game until I was a junior in high school. So I was, I had no, I had no history, I had no bad techniques that I had learned from, you know, junior high school, peewee football, I had none of that bad stuff. So my whole thing growing up where I grew up in Michigan was watching University of Michigan football and those guys flying around, you know, you got guys, you know, like, you know, Dean Dingman and uh, Skrepinik, just pancaking dudes over the bench and that kind of stuff. And that it still gets my blood boiling today, that, that type of stuff, it made, the battles and the physical pain you were putting yourself through on the on the field to actually latch onto a grown man and grab his breastplate and uh, deposit him on the ground, that made it all worth it, you know. And that, that's what it was all about for me. Uh, I'm not sure your style would be described as the same as John's style. How would you describe your style, well, left tackle? I had, I had a little bit more cream in my coffee. <laughs> 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 no, I don't know. Uh, I, I think that. Uh, but Ryan and them, man, y'all was so wild, dude. Like, everything they did in games, they did in practice. 
I remember we were in training camp and they come flying over the pile. I'm like, man, what? This is just insane. But these guys, but that's how they played. They prepared that way and they went out there and played that way, man. I, I you know, I, I, yeah. Yeah, the blind, to, you, you, go ahead. We used to do it like, you know, we would have those periods in training camp where it's live, tackle yeah. the ground. I'd go to Jermaine Mayberry playing guard next to me. I goes, watch this. This, this drill's going to end right now. He goes, what do you mean? I go, I go flying over that pile and hit Brian Dawkins on the other side. This drill is over. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they would do it at the We'd do it every time. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Well, so, Juan, uh, you had to be in concert with Donovan where his drop had to line up with mm -hmm. what your steps were. You were. I always kind of looked at you as an artist at mm -hmm. left tackle. Here is what Juan says about you. That is it. We all know in the NFL. A lot of games were won in the, in the fourth quarter, the last two minutes of the game, and I think it's, it was nice for Donovan, you know, and then to, to know that, that Trey was there, especially because Donovan, you know, they were friends and Donovan knew him. And you know, the thing about Trey is Trey could go to Donovan. Sometimes I say, I say, T, man, Donovan's getting too deep. You know, I got it, Juan. And then Trey would go talk to Donovan, and say, man, you're getting too deep on those seven step drops, you know, <laughs> things like that. They had a good relationship, but Donovan knew that Trey had his back. And that's very important, especially at the end of the game. Yeah. Yeah, man. Your thoughts? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we, we would always be on five about his drops, his cadence. You know, uh, we would still definitely be on that cadence a lot, you know. So that, that was a lot of stuff that we were all focused on. Was there, a, I mean, look, four straight NFC Championship game appearances, one Super Bowl appearance, five NFC Championship games in all. I mean, did you feel like the football team was – just going to go out there and win every week? You did quite a few of those years. The unfortunate part, I think, what happened in all of those late postseason losses, we literally played our worst football game across the board mm -hmm. in every single one of those games. Like, where's, where'd that team come from? Yeah. That team wasn't even around in, you know, September. And it was just, unfortunately, you know, offense, defense, and special teams, it was just the worst game we played all year. And it was really, really hard to figure it out. What was it like for you, Trey? I mean, um, you know, I know you were very focused on your craft, but mm -hmm. you had to be aware of the big picture and the desire to get that Super Bowl ring. Yeah. You know, uh, during that, in our 04 season, man, you, you just felt the difference in the team. I think that, you know, we were all going out there and just beating everybody down. I felt like, you know, we just, we were, we were hitting our stride. And, um, of course, you always want to come out of there with that Super Bowl win, man. And, and, you know, and that was always our goal to make it to the Super Bowl. Let's go make it to the Super Bowl. Let's go win a Super Bowl. And for so long, it was always getting knocked off in the playoffs. So when we finally got that chance, you know, it just it, hurt. it still stings a little bit that we weren't able to pull that off. Yeah. How much does the offensive line accept responsibility for such a sustained period of success. And the fans are focused on Donovan and Brian Westbrook and Chad and all the pass catchers. The offensive line, the consistency of the offensive line, do you believe that ultimately was largely responsible for that run of success? Well, look at it. How many backup quarterbacks did we have back behind us that won games for us? Mm -hmm. You know, and that's, that's yeah. a sense of pride for us. It doesn't matter who we're putting back there. Yeah. They're going to take advantage of it. Mm -hmm. Frankly, you know, go back to Donovan sometimes. Like, 
He was a little too confident. He'd be holding on to the ball way too much. Yeah, he'd be. We're a backup guy. He's like, there's my read balls out. Yeah. Made our lives easier. But Don was like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold on to this and try to get the shot down the field because he knew he could run with it and, and take care of that. So he, he would actually make it a little more difficult on us. Yeah, But I think, you know, when you look at, I think a team is only as good as their offensive line. You know, uh, you could, you know, because if you have a bad offensive line, man, your team isn't going to do anything. You're not going to be able to run the ball. You can't pass the ball. You know, teams that have the weaker offensive lines, they they're not successful. Great stuff there. Great trip down memory lane, and hope you enjoyed the podcast very much. That'll do it for me on this Eagles Insider podcast, presented by Lincoln Financial Group. If you have a moment to give us a review, please do so. We include a link in the details section of your podcast library. Those five star reviews do go a long way. Eagles looking to get to 3-3, three and three. might have to do it without Dallas Goddard, who on Tuesday was placed on the reserve COVID list. That is not good news for the Eagles offense, struggling to find consistency in this 2021 season and playing a Tampa Bay defense that won't have linebacker Levante David, but still has a formidable pass rush. It will be a challenge on Thursday night, of course. Make sure you're with us for our instant reaction Eagles Insider podcast. Coming your way shortly after the Eagles play the Bucks on Thursday night. Thanks to Ray Doyle, Peter Kelly, and Julie McLaughlin for their work on this podcast. And thanks to all of you for joining each and every episode. Eagles insider Dave Spadaro saying thanks so much, everyone. Have yourselves a great Eagles day. Fly, Eagles, fly, and go, Birds! E-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles! We want you to know about all the podcasts in the Eagles network of podcasts. So make sure you tune in to not only this Eagles Insider podcast three times a week, but make sure you subscribe and listen to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast every Tuesday and Thursday, our Journey to the Draft podcast Tuesday and Thursday, and our Eagles Update podcasts, which give you the news in a flash Monday through Saturday. Sign up, subscribe, and listen to our Eagles network of podcasts.